Hello, and welcome to Graciously Grieving, Living Through the Pain, the podcast series where we talk about the grieving process and how to do it graciously. I'm your host, Ricky Cunningham. My co-host, Morgan Horton, is still on vacation. So my son, John Little, is joining me today. Say hello, John. Hi, everybody. In today's episode, we will be discussing disenfranchised grief. Thanks again, John, for standing in for your sister, Morgan. I really appreciate this. It has been a blessing uh, being um, on break. When I was on break, I truly enjoyed being a couch potato. I played Candy Crush a lot. And I did do something that was productive um, besides uh, play Candy Crush and be a couch potato, which my clothes did not enjoy. I was a guest speaker at the church. I uh, had the honor and privilege of being the guest speaker on the last day of the year, on the last Sunday of the year for the women's ministry at the church that I attend at Bethel Missionary Baptist Church, located at 323 South Court Street, Longview, Texas, where the pastor is uh, the Reverend Brandon J. Owen Sr., And my topic was uh, built stronger to last longer. And my uh, scripture came from 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 1 through 10. And if you want to watch that, you can look it up on the church's Facebook page, Bethel Baptist Church of Longview. And, um, but now I'm just so ready and looking forward to this new season and having people come on and share their stories about how they're making it through the grieving process. When we share with each other what we have experienced and how we made it, it can be helpful and provide hope that is not always going to be this way that I'm not always going to be like this, that I'm not always going to wake up and not wanting to get out of bed, that I'm not always not wanting to fake the smile, that I'm not always going to feel as though my heart is being ripped out of my chest, that I'm not always going to feel like I can't breathe. We have to open up and help one another out by saying what is hurting and what we need help with. We have to be vulnerable and share our stories. The devil wants us to help to keep quiet and not help one another because he knows when we come together and get it together that he is going to be defeated. He is going to be silenced and that we're going to be stronger together. And when I say that we're going to be able to manage, I'm not going to say that we're not going to still be missing our loved ones because we're still going to miss our our loved ones. But we, when we come together and we find ways to manage, we'll be able to live through the pain. We'll be able to tell our defeated foe that he had better watch out. And because we're stronger together, we're going to give him the grief. 
we're stronger together. In Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verses 9 through 10, it says, Two people are better off than one, for they can help each other succeed. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. This is one of the reasons I keep going with the podcast and the blog. If I can help one person, then all the pain and the suffering I have experienced will be worth it. This season, I want us to dig deep and talk about the topics of grief that people have been trying to or wanting to avoid. Since starting this podcast, I have noticed, or maybe I should say, have come to realize a couple of things. Many people have been suffering in silence with their grief or I have been having my head buried in sand, not realizing the magnitude of the impact grief can have on a micro or micro level. Because I've been so concerned with self, trying to make sure that I make it and not fall apart, I've left others behind. And sadly, the others left behind were members of my own family I did not see the pain that was right in front of me until starting this podcast. Or the other thing could be is that I was thinking, what am I supposed to do about it? But God said, do something. So that's why I'm here today. Bringing awareness and accepting help is so critical to our healing. So when we keep silent, we're only hindering the grieving process the healing, and the moving forward with living to our full potential. In a book I read by Wendy Pope titled Hidden Potential, Revealing What God Can Do Through You, she talks about how God can see our potential even when we can't. And he wants to use our weaknesses to strengthen us rather than weigh us down. We got to do better, y'all. One of the difficult topics of grief I want us to talk about today is disenfranchised grief. John is going to explain to you what that is, and then I will come back to talk about the losses that fall into this category. John? Disenfranchised grief is a profound emotional pain experienced by individuals following a significant loss that society does not fully acknowledge or validate. This type of grief differs from traditional grief in that it stems from various factors such as the hidden nature of the loss, lack of social support, stigmatism, stigmatization, internal conflict, ambiguous loss, and difficulty in finding closure. Okay, thank you. And a lot of that is comes from the relationship was not considered legitimate. So it can be that it's not recognized by family, friends, or the government, you know, like long uh, long relationships, such as like you and Tammy, y'all, y'all are common law married, mm-hmm. but, you know, the government not, might not recognize that, that relationship. So when it comes time, they'd be like, well, why is that, you know, we don't recognize that. But 
that loss is is there. So we just have to do better about recognizing that because that pain is there. That's a legitimate pain. That's a legitimate loss that we need to still recognize. Are the circumstances, excuse me, circumstances of the death are also a contributing factor, such as murder, suicide, or drug overdoses. The ones left behind might feel shame and not seek help, or even worse, their friends and family avoid them because they won't feel, don't want to feel uncomfortable about addressing that. You know, they feel like, you know, that situation is, you know, a little, a little sticky. Um, they don't know how to quite approach that person to, to say, you know, oh, I'm sorry, or, well, what do you do? What do you say? So they can't find the words to, to comfort them in the in a situation like that but my thing is you still have to say something you still have to do something because that loss is still there if you don't do anything else but you still go there and you hug them you give them a kiss or you just sit with them to let them know that you still know that they are aching for that person that they're they are missing and with any loss, you have to go off of their cues anyway, because that's we are just waiting to see what how they are, what they need from us. Yeah. In any loss, we're waiting to see what they need from us. Some people they need that that all the love and attention right away, and then some do they they need their space. Give them a little space, and then you come and you give them the love and attention. So we have to draw off, or you do have to draw off their attention, but you at least need to try to make some type of effort. Don't just avoid them at um, any cost. Try to make some type of effort to um, show them that you are there for them. Disenfranchised grief also includes um, women who have experienced abortions, miscarriage, stillborn, and infertility. And then there's one more that I want to discuss before we move on. And that is the death of a public figure or celebrity. You know, um, that you might say, well, why, why are we discussing that? But that, especially when, um, like one that's been in our homes for so long, like, um, lately, lately we had, uh, excuse me, recently, lately, recently, Bob Barker, he just passed away. He was in our homes for, you know, like so long, you know, and come on down, you know, and that is a, a loss that everyone has felt. Our um, friends, the uh, Joey from Friends, when he uh, passed away, uh, not for Joey, what's the other one? Chandler. That that impacts us. That makes an impact on us. Or anyone who has made a an impact on society or in our lives, that does have an effect on how we move forward. And so we have to um, make an allowance for that as well. What celebrity or pol political public figure death shook you 
Uh, Michael Jackson for sure. Oh, that was gosh. the one. Yeah. That hurt me. Yeah. I'm so sad. Yeah. I think for me, it was, um, well, it was two. Uh, Aaliyah. Yeah. That one shook me. And um, Bernie Mac. Bernie Mac shook me because that happened when Grandma Ernest um, passed. And it was because of what he passed away from. It was an uh, underlining condition of uh, his sarcoidosis. And I was like, oh my gosh, I have that. I did not know that it was such a, a factor until until he passed away that it could be for me too so it was just like so much that was going on in my life then and it just was traumatizing and it just threw me for a loop because i he passed away grandma passed away and my uh, one of my musketeers had passed away nick all on the same day and it was just like it was just almost too much and that's another thing that can also when we have so many at one time, that can also affect us, multiple impacts. That affects us too, because there's no recovery time. There was no time for me to recover. And I was remember you had to pick me up off the side of my bed. Yeah. That was just, that was something because uh, I was just thrown for a loop. And grief is, it, it, it'll take you, uh, to another level. I realize now I didn't realize the time in which Bernie Mac passed away because I was dealing with grandma at the time. Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. I, it never. Collect. Yeah. 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 Just now. Yeah. We grieve at the absence of someone or something because it meant something to us and we should not have to hide our feelings because of the manner that they died or who they were. It's unfair to have someone hide their pain because it's uncomfortable to bear for someone else. We have to be more compassionate and thinking more of others than ourselves. And I keep saying we need to bring back the phase WWJD. What would Jesus do? We have to overcome the stigma that is associated with disenfranchised grief. We do that by breaking down the barriers that are in place that stops the conversations from happening that are needed. John is going to tell us one of the ways to open up communication. Creating a safe space can be helpful. Having them know there is someone in some place they can come to without judgment and not and be made not to feel ashamed is important. Most definitely. We all need a person in place where we feel as though we can grieve unapologetically and authentically. Where is your place and who is your person? Uh, my place is at my granny's house, you know, with my granny, mm -hmm. where I was raised, you know. I, I go there, I, I unwind, I decompress, I, I don't feel judged, I don't feel, I don't feel like... Uh, Anything that, that could be possibly bothering me outside of Granny's house is ever going to, like, you know, 
condemn me and get get his hands on me before Granny gets a good word into me and mm-hmm. lets me know that it's gonna be okay mm-hmm. and how to you know go about whatever situation it is. Mm-hmm. Your dad, he he doesn't really fully understand what decompress is. But decompress, I tell you that it is like letting go of a load. It is, it is such a releasing uh, event that I can't, I can't even fully explain it. I just love, and your mo- your your granny, my mother is is one of the the world best best listeners, and and she's just she's the best. Um, I love my mother. She she is so. Put your mind at ease. That's all I can say. And she's patient. And that's what we also have. People have to be. You have to be patient. And uh, you have to listen before we speak. Sometimes we are so quick to just give an answer. And we're not fully listening. We already have an answer. And and speaking before we fully understand what is being asked or what is being said. So we have to be patient. Um, That's really important when we're trying to be helpful. Um, because it's hard enough losing someone, but when you lose someone under difficult circumstances, um, that's where that patient comes in because they, they already probably got questions about that on themselves, like what could they have done something else, you know, especially if it's to suicide, um, what could have I done, you know, uh, I should have listened more, I should have been there. Or if it was a drug overdose, maybe I should have made them go to rehab or something. So you you really have to try to be patient with them, dealing with the, their challenging emotions. And in closing, before uh, we go to God in prayer, although there is no right or wrong way or timeline attached to grief, if or when it does become necessary, there are two great resources available. There is no shame in seeing a therapist for help through the grieving process. John is going to tell us about two types of therapies that have been successful with grief. John, can you share those therapies with us? There are different types of therapy that can be used. One of them being act acceptance and commitment therapy. According to ACA Knowledge Center, Counselors using ACT consider the the primacy of human suffering. Integrate mindfulness strategies and offer clients perspectives on their thoughts and circumstances. The other is Cognitive Behavioral Therapy, which is also called CBT, according to Psychology for You, the benefits of CBT for individuals are as follows. Learn to refrain from their thoughts, to focus on the positive aspects of their lives and find ways to move forward. Learn effective coping strategies to help them healthily process their grief. Uh, develop social support networks and meaningful rituals to honor their loved ones and the life they share. Now, I want to talk about the other source, resource, the most powerful resource there is, and that's Jesus Christ, the one who sticks closer than a friend, the one who is there 24-7-365. You just have to call on him. 
I'm going to give you two verses, and then we will pray. Psalm 147 and 3. He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. And the other comes from Isaiah 65 and 24. Before they call, I will answer. And they are still speaking, I will hear. Let us pray. Let us be mindful of the pain of those who have lost a loved one under the difficult circumstances and situations we have discussed today, Lord. May we show them kindness and compassion, Lord God, as they grieve from the loss of their loved one. Because no matter the circumstance, Lord God, they still need your love and touch, Lord God. Touch them, Lord God. Ease the impact of the pain that they are feeling. Make it, make your touch ease their pain. Strengthen them like only you can. So God, we ask that you touch them, that you place your loving arms around them. Wipe their tears with your loving arms. Fill their hearts with your love, in their mind with your peace, in their bodies with your strength. It's in Jesus' precious name that we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, my gracious gems, that is our time for this episode. I want to thank John for filling in for Morgan today, and I want to thank y'all for listening and for your continued support. Be sure to tune in next week when Morgan and I will be discussing anticipatory anticipatory grief i want to hear from you send a text to 903-459-5196 or email to graciouslygrievinglttp at gmail.com with your thoughts and comments or visit our facebook page graciously grieving living through the pain or visit our blog www.graciouslygrieving.com L-T-T-P dot blog. I'm Ricky Cunningham. Thanks for listening.